Women have been conditioned by society to be, act, and think a certain way. Here at Girls IRL, we encourage women to challenge societal norms and embrace their femininity. With that being said, let's get into this week's episode. Hello, everyone. Happy Monday. Welcome back to another episode of the Girls in Real Life podcast. I'm your host, Mariah Clayton, and we are officially six days away from Christmas if you are listening to this on the day that it is released. And I'm so excited, definitely in the Christmas spirit and the Christmas mood and honestly just ready for everybody to open up their gifts that I got them (laughs) because I just feel like I did so good on everybody's Christmas gifts and I just can't wait to see them like open up their presents. It just brings me so much joy to watch people open up presents that I got them and just hope and pray that they like it but I know they will because I did good this year (laughs) um but yeah anyways I hope you guys are having a great start to your week I hope y'all are feeling the Christmas spirit I know if you are in college finals are over you're on a break so this time of year was always just like a sigh of relief for me when I was in school because it just felt like you were able to just finally breathe after months of being feeling like you've been held underwater. Um, and then if you're a little bit younger, I know my siblings get out of school, I think on this Wednesday. So y'all are almost out. Okay, don't fret, don't fret. And then if you're just not in school at all, and you're just working, then this is also the week that you get your Christmas break from work. So everybody is just like, I feel like this time of year is so happy just because everybody is in a better mood. Nobody is super stressed about work or school or anything like that. You just get to enjoy time with family and kind of slow down for a little bit, at least for like a week to two weeks before things start gearing back up again in the new year. But yeah, I don't really know where I was going with that. But um. I just wanted to say that we are in the Christmas spirit over here at Girls in Real Life Pod and so much so that I wanted to do an entire podcast episode about Christmas miracles just because I thought that it would be fun and I asked you guys of course to send in your stories and of course none of you did. (laughs) None of you sent in any stories but that's okay because I know one day when I ask for stories on my stories and eventually once I get back to posting on the Girls in Real Life Instagram page, that there's going to be so many stories that I'm literally going to have to have somebody like pick and choose what stories I'm going to have to read on the podcast, no matter what topic it is that I'm talking about. So I know that that day will come. I'm not going to hold this against y'all. And maybe you just really didn't have a Christmas miracle story and that's okay because I don't think that I really like had one that I could think of or that I've experienced. So I'm going to let y'all slide this time. But I did get some stories off of the internet. Of course, we love our internet stories because sometimes they're just as good. So this probably won't be like a super long episode. I'll probably read a few stories. Um, But I know that most of you guys really, I don't know, I feel like there's some of y'all who like the shorter 30 to 40 minute episodes. And then there's some of you guys who really enjoy like the 50 minute to an hour long episodes. So I guess it really doesn't matter. It just depends on how much I decide to talk for that day, you know. But before we get into the stories that we're going to read today, um, what did I do this week that I wanted to tell you guys about? Oh, I went to go see the Avatar, the new Avatar movie. 
and y'all it was amazing incredible I don't think I could say enough good things about it I literally sat in that movie theater and sobbed my eyes out (laughs) the ending was just like too much for me it was too overwhelming too sad um but if you have not seen it yet I would highly suggest that you go see it because it is just absolutely amazing I would definitely pay to go see it again like it was that good so if you have not seen that yet put it on your list another movie that I want to see is the Whitney Houston movie that actually comes out I think on Christmas um or a little bit before Christmas maybe I don't know I know it's around this time this week that it's going to be coming to the movie theaters but every time I see the trailer for it I'm just like I feel like that's going to be such a good movie and I don't know why I hope it doesn't disappoint but I'm like if they're making a movie about Whitney Houston and her life like it has to be good, right? Like they're not going to half ass a movie like that. I wouldn't think about one of the greatest singers of all time, right? <laughs> I don't know. I'm just hoping that if I do decide to go see it, it's not a complete waste of money because sometimes these autobiographical movies don't really be hitting it for real. But for for some reason, I have high hopes for this one. But yeah, I really think that's the only life update that I had for this week. I don't think I did much this week at all except like wrap Christmas presents and put them under the tree and stuff it was a very boring week this week um so I don't think I really have too much to dive into but I did want to tell you guys a quick little story about this song that my mom loves to listen to during the Christmas time it makes her so emotional like literally every time she listens to this song it makes her cry. And that's kind of like the reason why I wanted to do this episode in the first place. And the song is called The Christmas Shoes. I don't know if you've ever heard it, but back in the day, um, they used to play this song on the radio. Um, like, I guess just around Christmas time, because it's a Christmas song. But they used to play the song on the radio. And like, every time the song would come on, my mom would just literally start crying. And basically, the song is about this man who is in this store and this little boy is in front of him trying to check out and he has this pair of shoes and he wants to buy his mom this pair of shoes and it's Christmas Eve and he's like look you know I want to buy these shoes for my mom my dad says there's not much time like she might go and meet Jesus tonight because she's been sick and it's basically just like this story about how this little boy is trying to buy these Christmas shoes for his mom so that in case she goes to meet Jesus tonight like she'll look pretty and she'll be presentable in front of Jesus basically and so he's like in the song he's counting out his pennies and the cashier says like oh you don't have enough and he's like well you know mama really went all out this year for Christmas like she never does this and I just like I just have to get these shoes because what if she goes to meet Jesus tonight like I I have to get her these shoes so the man standing behind him who the point of view the song is from He ends up buying the Christmas shoes for the little boy and the little boy is just like so happy and grateful. And the man is like, this just reminds me of, you know, like God's love and what Christmas time is all about and all of that stuff. So it is a very, very sweet song. It is a little bit sad, the story behind it, but I think it's just a beautiful message of how thoughtful and how nice people can be during the holiday season and that's pretty much why I wanted to do an episode all about like Christmas miracle stories about people just being nice and having a big heart during the Christmas season because I feel like this is when we see 
I guess society as a whole just kind of come together and really try and do more for people and be nicer to people. And I guess that just has to do with the Christmas spirit (laughs) or the Holy Spirit, as my mother would say. But yeah, every year for Christmas, I always think about this song and I always think about my mom and how much she would cry (laughs) over listening to this song. So that's pretty much the reason why I decided to do this episode today. So without further ado, we're going to get into to some holiday Christmas miracle stories and I haven't really read any of these I've kind of like skimmed through them just to see like if it was a story that I would want to like share but I don't really know in details what we're about to be reading so I hope these are good stories (laughs) anyways let's start with the first story it says our first our first baby was due on Christmas Eve and by November we were pretty organized. We bought a crib and a stroller. My parents teaching semester would end early enough that we'd have weeks to paint the baby's room, fill the freezer with meals, have evenings evenings out, etc. One windy night, November 13th to be exact, I woke to the house shaking. We opened the front door and a rush of tree branches burst in. A lofty maple had flattened our car like Godzilla and ripped the front porch right off. I didn't stop to grab my ideas for books file. Okay. We didn't look for the cat. (laughs) So basically she's saying like, I didn't stop to get nothing. We didn't even look for the cat. Like we stumbled around to the back of the house only to be stopped by an emergency worker shouting, you're about to step on live wires. I felt a vast gratitude that we were alive. The neighbors brought us in for pumpkin muffins. It was very exciting. So exciting that the next day I went into labor. By the following morning, November 15th, our son was in our arms five weeks early, but absolutely fine. Except that preemies aren't ready for the world. At five pounds, two ounces, our baby boy looked more shivering frog than boy, feet tucked under his chin. After three days in the hospital, I felt unfit to take this frail creature out into the harsh winter, but the midwife insisted you'll feel better at home. And we did, even if we couldn't use the front door. These first few weeks were a blur, shattered sleep, more tears than I'd like to admit, and endless laughs. By late December, there was a crazy kind of order to the chaos. Friends painted the bedroom yellow, put together the crib, filled the freezer. They were the spirit of Christmas at its most generous and made festive togetherness seem more important than peace and quiet. We invited half a dozen family members for Christmas, so long as my brother-in-law promised to cook. By the time our guests arrived on the due date of December 24th, we had a tree, scrawny and lopsided, with a photo of our ravishing frog prince on top in lieu of an angel. Oh, and that's kind of sweet. So pretty much this, (laughs) pretty much this story is just about how their house was ruined. Like, well, I guess their house wasn't ruined, but the front porch was ripped off, I guess, by some kind of storm or tornado or something that had happened and their car was like flattened and then they ended up having their baby prematurely and even though like their house wasn't I guess as fit as she wanted it to be for the baby they still ended up bringing the baby home and you know put up the Christmas tree and made the most of their situation that they were in and all their friends and family helped them you know paint the rooms and all that stuff so that's pretty sweet I'm trying to find some stories that's gonna make me like shed a tear and I don't know if these gonna do it for me (laughs) but we shall keep reading 
Almost four years ago, near midnight on the night before Christmas Eve, I found myself stuck in the San Francisco airport. I traveled there for a day-long interview, but a monstrous blizzard had created the sort of cross-country travel chaos that's characteristic of that time of year. My flight to Chicago to visit my family had been canceled, and my new flight home to Los Angeles was delayed. Since my fiancé and I had split on Thanksgiving, I had passed the intervening month alternately alternately weeping and screaming at him on the phone it was beginning to dawn on me that i'd be spending the holiday alone oh that is like literally the worst is your flight getting canceled and you literally can't get to where you need or want to be i did when any bored and lonely traveler with a laptop and a few hours to kill might do i parked myself on the filthy floor near a power outlet plugged in and went online i checked my email i flung instant messages back and forth with a friend i scanned facebook there i was surprised to find in my inbox an obliquely flirtatious message from a montana-based writer whose name and work were familiar to me yet whom i've never met hold on because ain't she married let me just keep reading <laughs> I'd been a Facebook friend of this writer since October when before the launch of his new book, he'd swiped a number of contacts from his soon to be ex-girlfriend and sent friend requests to them in an attempt to build his social network. I'd recently enjoyed a magazine article he'd written that mentioned he was born in Ohio, where I'd spent childhood summers visiting my dad. So I accepted his friend request, but not before studying his profile picture in which he was wearing dark aviator sunglasses and smoking a cigarette. I could see half moons of dirt beneath his fingernails, but I couldn't see his eyes. A Midwestern bad boy. That seemed intriguing. I had considered sending him an email, but my relationship was still in its death throes, so I didn't. Now, here he was two months later emailing me. I pushed my laptop away like my teenage self had once tossed an errant Ouija board across the room out of fear. It was as though I'd conjured him. I don't know where this story is going. (laughs) Maybe I was more receptive to mystical notions of fate and fortune than usual. There under the bright fluorescent terminal lights at what can be the bleakest time of year. Maybe I was looking for signs, whatever the reason, in that heady Christmas time mood that's equal parts melancholy and optimism. I did what I might not have done had this message arrived in the midst of everyday life. I replied. He replied. I replied. He replied. <laughs> we started and they are using some big words in this story. <laughs> We started an epistolary exchange that lasted for two weeks until he drove 18 hours to Los Angeles to take me out, then rented a small guest house so we could date. A few months later, we moved in together. Our conversation, you might say, has continued into the present. I've spent the holidays in Montana ever since. Hold on. But I thought she had a husband. Oh, she said my flight to Chicago to visit my family had been canceled and my new flight home to Los Angeles was delayed. Since my fiance and I had split on Thanksgiving Day, I'd passed the intervening month alternately weeping and screaming at him on the phone. Okay, so her and her fiance had split up. So she was single at the time. I was about to say, this sounds like a Christmas scandal, not a Christmas miracle. <laughs> but I guess that's kind of sweet. That was kind of a long-winded story just to say that you were messaging somebody back and forth in the airport and y'all ended up getting together and she used a bunch of big words um we're just gonna keep reading so far these stories are not doing it for me but um we're just gonna (laughs) we're just gonna keep going it was the first time i was spending christmas with my boyfriend david and his family in ohio 
I've been dreaming about it for exactly a year. The Christmas before, I was performing on Broadway and had to stay in the city. I spent the day with my sister Robin. We ate roast chicken and watched High Society. Even this was a lot more festive for us than holidays past when we'd sit around a table with our chain-smoking mother and stare at a big piece of overcooked meat. Still, every time David called to tell me about ice skating or drinking hot chocolate with his family, I longed for their kind of Norman Rockwell holiday. This year, there would be a hand-knit stocking on the mantle with my name on it. When we pulled into the driveway on Christmas Eve, the house was lit up with cheer. Lights twinkled on the snow-covered bushes, and a beautiful tree stood in the front window. It was picture-perfect, except for the tears in David's parents' eyes when they opened the door. His mother threw her arms around him and said that his grandmother, Josephine, had passed away while we were on the road. That night, along with the stocking hanging, I saw him cry for the first time. Oh, that's so sad. A Christmas... Christmas morning, a snowstorm hit. We opened presents, had breakfast, took down our stockings, and went to the funeral home. Surrounded by David's solemn family, I didn't want to admit that I had never seen a dead person. I felt trapped between terror and nausea as I approached the coffin, but it was my only chance to meet Josephine. She was wearing a pink pretty nightgown and, at her request, her glasses so I can see in heaven. (laughs) The next day, we set out over icy roads to the tiny town in Pennsylvania where Josephine had been born. I sat in back holding his sister's hand while she wept and tried not to get car sick. That night at the hotel, since Josephine had been one of 11 children, I sat down to dinner with a horde of extended relatives. I was overwhelmed at first, experiencing culture shock. Suddenly, I was in a foreign country where people hugged and kissed each other. It was like a crash course in family, an evening filled with wonderful stories and tender toasts. The church was packed the next day. David struggled to deliver his eulogy, sobbing intermittently. And watching him, I realized that even at a funeral, I was experiencing Christmas at its best. What matters most isn't the traditions, but what underpins them. The deep foundations of love and devotion between family and friends, between generations that bind us to one another. And that's the end of that story. Oh, that's sad. I think it's just so hard when anybody dies in general, but especially like around the holiday time. I know that that is so incredibly hard because this time is all about family and coming together and love and all that stuff. And so when somebody dies or they're no longer there, it's just kind of like you're missing this big piece of the puzzle that you're so used to having with you at this time of year. And so it is tough and it is a little hard and a little difficult. Um, But apparently this girl never really had like a good Christmas growing up. And so she was so excited to, you know, have Christmas with her boyfriend's family. And for her, like, even though it was such a sad time, she realized that this deep foundation of love and devotion that that happens in a family between the young people and the old people and just the entire family in general, like that's what Christmas is all about, you know? (laughs) Okay, next story. Christmas was going to be a struggle for me this year. A single mom with two teenagers, I had to work two part time jobs while also taking college courses at night. I hardly had the money for Christmas dinner and presents. So when I got home one night to a beautiful Christmas basket on my porch, it felt like a gift from heaven. The stuff of Christmas miracles. I looked for a card or a note with the basket filled to the brim with all sorts of holiday foodstuffs. There was none. Had someone entered my name into a Salvation Army charity? The timing couldn't have been better. It would go a long way in tiding us over until my next paycheck. 
At that very moment, I felt a ripple of guilt. Wasn't there someone else out there who needed it more? Yes, my kids and I were struggling, but my grandparents and Aunt Shirley, who was deaf, relied solely on Social Security and disability checks, sometimes pulling their resources to get by. At least I could always pick up extra hours at work, and when I finished my degree, things would improve a lot. My conscience won the debate. I drove to Grandma and Grandpa's little two-room horse horse <laughs> house just across the street from aunt shirley's grandma opened the door merry christmas grandma i said grandma was thrilled oh thank you connie we'll be able to have such a nice dinner this sunday this will really help us until our checks come but what about you i'll be fine i said after a short visit i excuse myself i still have lots of chores so i should head back on the way home thinking about grandma's smile i knew the basket had gone to the right place but like grandma said what about us? I still worried about how I could afford to make Christmas special for my kids. Then I saw it in front of my house in the same spot as before, an identical Christmas basket, every bit as lovely as the first. Oh, that's sweet. Now see, stories like this, I don't know, it kind of makes it hard to believe sometimes. But I mean, maybe the person who delivered the basket initially like saw her leave with the basket to bring to somebody else and they just put another one there. I don't know. I don't really know how that would work, but I'm glad for that lady that she was able to still get her Christmas basket because she needed it too. All right, I read a few more. I made it to my friend Jessie's Christmas party, but minutes before midnight, just as everyone was leaving her house. Just my luck. Too late. I spent my entire night stuck at the hospital where I worked as a nurse. All thanks to a little voice inside me. Take Candy's shift, it had said over and over again. Candy was a new nurse on staff, a single mom. She'd asked me to cover for her on Christmas Eve so she could spend the time with her little girl. I felt bad for Candy. I really did. But every Christmas Eve, I went to Jessie's house. Her party was the highlight of my holiday season. There was a gift exchange, carols, and sugar cookies as far as the eye could see. I told Candy I couldn't help her out. Afterwards, though, that little voice nagged me until I gave in. I figured God had some special reason for me to be at the hospital that evening. As it turned out, he didn't. <laughs> it was the worst night ever. Two cold blues, no free ICU beds, and disgruntled patients. The only thing that kept me going was the thought of stopping by Jessie's after my shift. I'd never stayed at her parties past 10 o'clock, but maybe there'd be some sugar cookies and a few carols left to sing by the time I got there. Instead, people were getting back into their cars. Why did I even bother coming this late? Suddenly, a scream pierced the night. Help! I looked up. Jesse's elderly next-door neighbor was standing on his porch, waving his arms. Help! He yelled. My wife's dying. I need a doctor. I rushed to him. I'm a nurse, I said. What's going on? He led me inside. His wife was laying unresponsive on their living room floor, cold and clammy to the touch. I recognized the problem at once. Insulin shock. She has this medicine, but I have no clue how to use it, her husband said, holding up an injection. I crouched down beside the woman and administered the medicine. Within minutes, her color returned and her skin became warm and dry. The ambulance arrived just after the clock struck 12, Christmas morning. I finally made it over to Jessie's and explained what happened. Good thing you were here so late, she said. Here, you deserve a cookie. Oh, and that was sweet. But I'm trying to figure out how the husband don't know how to not give his wife the insulin. I feel like that's something that you should know. If you living with somebody with a health condition and they have like an EpiPen or insulin or like you need to check their blood sugar or something like you need to know how to do that in case stuff like this happens, you know, but let me not blame him. Maybe he just 
I don't know. Maybe he didn't want to do it. <laughs> but I feel like that's something that you should definitely know how to do is like give somebody their insulin, especially if you're living with somebody who is a diabetic. Like that's just something you need to know how to do. Right. Am I right? Or am I wrong? <laughs> Anyways, I'm glad she got her uh, her sugar cookie because sugar cookies, they be hitting the spot every time. That's like my favorite thing about Christmas is all the sweets, but especially the sugar cookies. I love me a good sugar cookie. But that was a really, really sweet story. All right. Next story. The sales clerk removed the pair of chandelier earrings from the glass case and dropped them in my waiting hands. They felt real, but I still had trouble believing it. Thin hand, forged hoops and dangling, delicate chains, all in shimmering gold. I was mesmerized. Time seemed to stop. The department store clatter faded into the background. Enraptured, I held one up to my ear and looked in the mirror. A terrific Christmas gift, the clerk said cheerily. For your mother, maybe. The spill was broken. The cloud clustered by the shoes and handbags grew loud again. Out of the corner of my eye, I saw my mother walking over from the perfume counter. There, they're not for anybody, I murmured to the clerk. How could I explain to her when I couldn't even explain it to myself? I hadn't told anybody about the dream, not even my mother. Okay, I'm already confused. She had a dream. I'm just going to keep going. It was the strangest dream I'd ever had on the strangest, most terrible night. One month ago, close to midnight, I just returned home from a party when the phone rang. My mom was on the other end of the line, breathless, panicky. I held the receiver close to my ear, straining to make out her words. It's your sister, she said. She had a brain aneurysm. I'm on my way, I said, reaching for my keys. It was snowing and the hospital was more than two hours away, but I had to see her. There's no point risking the drive at this hour, my mother said. The doctor says she's not going to wake up come in the morning. I sat on the edge of my bed long after we hung up, desperate for sleep, but scared of waking to a world without Jan. She was only 43. Never again would I hear her voice or sit at her kitchen table eating home-baked treats from her little cookie tin. I crawled under my comforter. I wanted to talk to my sister again, but I wouldn't get the chance. Instead, I spoke into the darkness. Forgive me, Jan, if I've ever hurt you. I love you dearly. Sleep came in fits and starts, one odd image breaking into my consciousness. A human ear, shaking, vibrating almost violently. The ear was pierced and dangling from it was a beautiful gold earring, smooth, perfectly round hoops, and fine, tightly linked chains. Was this Jan's way of letting me know she had heard me? The thought was as confusing as it was comforting. Jan died five days later, never waking up. In those hard days that followed, it was the vision, strange as it was, that I held on to. I played the dream over and over in my head, the shaking ear and the dangly gold earring that adorned it, exactly like the pair of earrings the sales clerk had put in my hand. What did it mean? Okay, so she had dreamt about this earring, and then when she was out shopping with her mama, the sales clerk had gave her the same earring. Okay, so that was all past tense, and now we're back in the store. And her mom asked, find anything? She said, joining me by the jewelry counter. These earrings, I said, I lifted them up so she could get a better look. I, I had a dream about them the night that Jan dot dot dot. Mom gasped and covered her face with her hands. She was so upset. I put my arm around her. I'm sorry. I began to say, Judith, you don't understand. My mother said, I have those earrings at home. Jan brought them to give you for Christmas. Oh, and that's the end of the story. Oh, that was sweet. I was kind of confused at first, but the story was going back and forth from like present time to past tense where she actually had the dream. I had to catch up. <laughs> I don't know what I would do if my sister died. I 
I would not be able to function. <laughs> I'm just letting you know right now. But I always wonder, like, if and when someone close to me dies, like, would they come to me in a dream or like send me a sign in a dream or I don't know just I don't know like I've never really had someone like super close to me die so I don't know like what that would feel like or be like I know I would obviously be devastated but like I don't know if I would be the type of person to like have dreams about them or to like see something out in the world like a butterfly or something and correspond that with like them sending me a sign I don't know but I think that people who do get to experience that and like have that confirmation from loved ones that have passed away I think it's really cool and it's really sweet (laughs) okay this next story is about someone who got lost on Christmas Eve with no GPS no phone oh lord okay The Christmas party had been wonderful. It was great to be among friends on Christmas Eve, sipping eggnog and singing carols. I was sorry it had to end. Finally, at a little past one in the morning, I headed home. I was almost at the freeway exit when I saw the sign, closed for the night, construction, please take alternate route. That is the worst. It's like, be driving home and see that like, the road is blocked off, it's closed off, you have to take an alternate route, like a detour no because I don't know where I'm going if I don't take this exact way (laughs) alternate route what alternate route the 55 freeway was the only way I knew back home see and there weren't any detour signs the next exit was coming up fast maybe this will put me on the right road I thought turning off big mistake now I was in the parking lot of a shopping mall I drove in circles around the deserted lot trying to get my bearings I didn't have a gps didn't have a cell phone Girl, what year is this? (laughs) At this hour on Christmas Eve, there wasn't anybody to ask for directions. I glanced at my gas gauge and groaned, almost empty. Oh, uh -uh. (laughs) uh-uh. This is just all bad. Pulling into a spot, I shut off the engine. I leaned my head against the steering wheel. I hoped what I heard about Christmas... (laughs) I hoped what I heard about Miracles on Christmas was true. I needed one right now. All of a sudden, I felt a bright light shine on me. (laughs) The star of Bethlehem? No, just the street light on top of a pole that seemed to be sticking up from one of the used car dealerships that lined the street. I couldn't take my eyes off of it. Maybe the lot has a a night watchman, I thought. I drove slowly, staring at the light. There was something comforting about it, even if I didn't know what I'd find when I got there. I passed some buildings and trees and the full lot came into view. The building next to it was dark. No night watchman. But there was something that made me believe in Christmas miracles. Attached to the light pole was a sign. 55 freeway straight ahead. The way back home. Oh, so basically the the street light gave her the way back to the interstate. That is just so scary. Like, you don't have no gas. You don't have no phone. It's dark outside. Like, it's late at night and you don't know where to go. Like, that is literally the worst feeling. I don't know if I've ever been in a situation where I've had all of those elements happen together, but like, I have tried to get somewhere with my phone dead. I have also like known where I was going, but have almost ran out of gas, like trying to get there because I'm like, oh, I can just get gas when I get off on this exit. And then it's literally like just trees. And you're like, oh no, I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it. 
But um, yeah, I've been in this situation one too many times. <laughs> okay, I'm going to read one more story and then we'll wrap up the episode. Every December, our Candlewood Lions Club throws a Christmas party at a local firehouse for the special needs children of Green Chimneys, a residential school. It's a blast. I dress like an elf and help Santa pass out presents to the kids. There's also a magician, a lunch buffet, even a tour of the firehouse. But driving there last year, I was in a panic. We had exactly 40 presents to give, enough for the children we usually expected. Not enough for the 60 we just heard would be coming. Too bad the real Santa Claus wasn't around. (laughs) It's too late to buy more. I thought the kids will be here soon. For some, those were the only gifts they'd receive all season. Lord, what are we supposed to do now? Dejected, my husband and I parked the car and walked up the hill to the firehouse. Another man got out of his car at the same time and walked alongside us. When we got to the front door, he looked confused. Isn't the vote here today? He asked us. I knew there was a special referendum up for a vote, but it wasn't being held here. Not at this firehouse. We have a Christmas party today, I answered. The man shook his head. I don't know why I thought it was here, he said. He looked at us. If you're here for a party, why the long faces? I told him our problem, even if I was a bit too worried to chit chat. How could we send a child home without a present? How many toys you need? The man asked. I may be able to help. How? I'm thinking to myself. With minutes to spare before the children arrived, the man burst through the door, his arms overflowing with bags of toys. Hurriedly, we piled them on tables and covered them with tablecloths, awaiting the moment when our Santa would reveal the gifts. The children were ecstatic. One girl picked an easy bake oven, something she wanted for years. This is the best Christmas ever, rang throughout the room. We needed a Santa Claus. We were sent Major Tom Quigley of the local Marine Toys for Tots program, aw, who had already collected all the presents we needed to give the kids an unforgettable Christmas. See, you never know who you're going to meet. You never know who might be able to help you out. That's so sweet. I know those kids who are like in foster care or in shelters or things like that. Like they don't really don't get to experience Christmas like how other kids get to experience Christmas who have families and stuff like that. So I do always love seeing people giving back in that way and doing like toys for tots and dropping off toys at shelters and things like that to make sure that even if a kid is not in the quote unquote best situation, they still have the opportunity to kind of have a decent Christmas or a nicer Christmas than what they've been able to experience before because these poor babies, like they did not ask to be in the situations that they're in. And a lot of time, like it's just an unfortunate situation for them. So this time of year, I think is always super exciting and fun for them because they know that because of the generosity of other people who are going to give back, they'll be able to like have food and have presents and have experiences with other people in the shelter or other people who come and visit them. And that is like their family and it means a lot to them. So I love that story. But yeah, that's the last one that I'm going to read today. Some of those were really nice. Some of them I was like, oh, I don't know where we going with this, <laughs> but I'm gonna just keep reading. And it ended up being, you know, really nice, really cute heartwarming stories and that's all I wanted to do today was just kind of get us in the Christmas spirit the Christmas mode and 
hopefully put you into a positive headspace to where like you might want to help someone on Christmas or do something nice for someone that you probably didn't think about doing. But now that I said something, you might do it. (laughs) So yeah, anyways, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. And the next time you guys hear from me, it'll be after Christmas. So I have to update y'all on what I got from my list and all that stuff. We're going to talk about New Year's resolutions and my goals and a year in review. And I'm really excited. So yeah, that's what's coming up next week. But I hope you guys have a very Merry Christmas and spend it with people you love. um, And that you just remember It's not about the presents, okay? No matter how much fun they are to open, to give and to receive, all that stuff. It it really is about spending time with your family, being surrounded by your loved ones, and just enjoying each other's presence and company for the time that you get to have them here. So anyways, I love you guys so much, and I will talk to you guys in my next episode. Bye!